This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey everyone, it's Raheel. For Food Tuesday today, we're with the head chef at Shun Japanese Kitchen, Chef Naoki Yoshida. When we recorded this episode, it was before the announcement that the restaurant was closing. I talked to Chef Naoki about how he's blending Houston influences with traditional Japanese fare, why we need to stop putting hot Cheetos on sushi, and how a dessert helped him find true love. It's Tuesday, April 11th. I'm Raheel Ramsnali, and here's what Houston is talking about today. Chef Naoki, welcome in. How are you? So excited to have you on. No, doing very well. Good morning, Raheel. So let's jump right into it because I'm always curious, like how did you get started in cooking and why did you pick this profession? Um, I was actually kind of born into it, essentially. Uh, my, my parents had a restaurant growing up um, and it's still existing. It's about uh, been there for about 37 years in Houston. And I would say I started probably around when I was around 14 with the family, just helping out cleaning dishes and just kind of watching my dad kind of cooking all the time. And I wanted to, you know, as a young kid, I wanted to always be like my dad. He was, he was my mentor. Um, so definitely I picked up into cooking and I've been, since then I've been doing this for about almost 23, 25 years. That is so cool. And that's a recurring theme with a lot of our food guests is that they started in the restaurant industry. They were around it. So they just gravitated towards it. But we've also seen it go the other way where you're around it so much. You're like, I don't want to be in this because I've seen how hard it is. So for you, you were like, let's let's keep doing this. I, I'm excited by this field. I mean, for me, it's just something since I was kind of born into it, essentially, like that fast paced busyness, the stress, the, you know, the yelling, just the madness and the chaos, just something I kind of grew up with. So to me, it's normal. It's actually weird when a room is very quiet. I'm like, there has to be something I can make a, make a sound with. What's one lasting memory from when you were working in the kitchen, being around the family business? Is there one memory that sticks out to you that made you fall in love with it? Uh, it was definitely like, I would say the foundation of kind of like a, almost like a military, essentially. You know, you know. There's a schedule, there's, you know, the ingredients, there's everything is, is kind of like already very well organized, essentially that that's one of the things I really appreciate about the restaurant industry, or like, honestly, any kind of business, even office business. Um, but it's just that I'm very hands on type of person. So rather than sitting in front of a computer all day or working on paper, I'd rather be touching food or uh, just trying to build something and create something with my hands. So when you decided that, okay, I do want to be around the industry, I want to, I want to become a chef, what happens next in your adventure? So I would say around 16, when I, I kind of started feeling I have an itch for this kind of market, uh, for the restaurant industry, and they definitely said no. They said, you know, restaurant industry is too hard. You see your mom and dad working over 100 hours a week. You know, we don't want the same thing for you. So it's like, go get, go get a degree. So I have a finance degree that 
I never use essentially. Um, but I do apply it to the business essentially um, for restaurant paperwork, payrolls, things like that. So it is definitely something is still a degree that I, I get able to use. Wait, so they pushed you away. They said, do not enter the industry. Oh, yeah. They definitely said that anyone that wants to go into it very crazy. And, you know, we want you to have a normal life. Wow. So then you get your degree. You, you have this this college education now. What did you do after that to get back, like to become a chef? Uh, well, I've always been a chef. So pretty much like, let's say, during the time that during summer school, you know, everyone would be traveling or doing their own thing. I would still be working at the family restaurant. Um, you know, there's a lot of weddings I've missed, friends' birthday parties, just things like that. Just I was just always kind of essentially like an OCD. So once I kind of start on something, I I don't feel fulfilled until I finish it. And chefs, mm-hmm. being kind of a chef is something like if you're always creating new dishes, you never have that fulfillment. So it's like you know, for me, it's always that challenge. You know, when I wake up, what can I make today? What am I? How can I make people happy? What can I feed people? It's like. Those kind of questions always are always in my mind. I know you trained in Japan, Chicago, LA, Miami. How important was that for your development to get more techniques and leave the family nest to learn more? Working at my dad's restaurant for over 20 years, it has a limitation. You know, there's there's a limitation that my dad has in his techniques, his recipes, things like that. So definitely working at many different places, like I recommend for any chef is getting the most experience because every restaurant has something to offer. Um, you know, whether it may be, uh, you know, just the st- way they cut something or the way they prep something or, you know, just the finesse of things, you know. So like I wanted to work at those, so the time that where a lot of people have the summers off, you know, having vacation, those were actually the time I spent the summers traveling, working at different restaurants to, use that two, three months I'm off of school to actually absorb as much knowledge as possible. So I was going to say, when when you were training with other chefs and training at other restaurants, were you doing those, you know, we always see on Instagram and TikTok, when you train under other chefs, you are just peeling carrots or you're just peeling oranges. Did you have to do those kind of tasks as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I went to Japan, I already had at least 10 years of sushi knowledge. But um, so... But when I go, Japan's one of the very strictest rest, or rest, restaurant industries in the world. Um, so even though I went around looking for jobs and finally found a place that let, let me work for a few months, and they said, you're not allowed to touch fish. You're coming in literally to be a dishwasher, to peel shrimp, cut vegetables, and to just look at what we do. And honestly, that was my first opportunity to actually work in Japan as a chef. So I accepted it. And come to find out, that's actually very standard protocol in Japan. Like, if you want to be a sushi chef, you're not allowed to touch fish for the first three to five years. But once I came back to the United States, started applying a lot of the techniques that I've learned and that I was almost getting, like, kind of frustrated and bored, I, I finally realized, I was like, wow, this is a huge difference. I'm almost three times faster than what I was when I before I even went to Japan. Man, that is intense. That is so intense to hear. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, let's talk about Shun Japanese, okay? We've been hearing so many great things about it. It's getting a lot of positive reviews. How did you launch it and what went into the creation of your own restaurant? I've actually always wanted to open a restaurant since I was 60. So like I said, when I started with my dad, um, I could not have done the restaurant without my wife. Uh, so my wife, Renee, she's actually also a Japanese-American like me. And one of the weird things is that she grew up in California, uh, Chicago, and I'm from Houston. But even though we're cities apart, we were the same age. We grew up with the Japanese culture, Japanese community, all those, you know, uh, things. And we always realized that in the Japanese community, that it's always been misinterpreted. And what I mean by that is with the food, with the, just the culture, you know, when people are like, oh, I love Japanese food. Okay. What do you like about it? I like ramen, sushi. Okay. But there's over 10,000 10, other dishes. Right. So it's kind of like those kind of things where me and my wife were like, let's open up a restaurant. You know, we let's show Houston. Let's show the world what we what Japanese cuisine really is and also what second generation Japanese cuisine could be. And because there was nothing like that in, in Houston that existed at the moment, um, you know, we were able to bring both me and my wife's influences and, and things that we've learned, grew up eating in, in Houston, Chicago, and bring it all together in, to Houston. Um, so a lot of things like uh, I have a lot of Spanish influence in a lot of my dishes. Uh, like I've made a pozole ramen. Uh, we have ceviche, um, you know, just different flavors that I use all the time. Even I use uh, last last season, we had a chicken, kind of like a chicken tikka masala that I did with uh, Japanese fried chicken. So I like to, like I mentioned, like the different different culture, different food, the bold flavors of Houston, I like to combine it all into Japanese cuisine and try to what I consider would be second generation Japanese food. That sounds so delicious. For example, let's focus on the chicken tikka masala, Japanese fried chicken, okay? From inspiration to execution, how long does that usually take for you? Uh, I mean, honestly, there's a dish that took me two years to finally figure out like how I want to execute it. Um, but majority of them, I would say about two to three months. Um, there are dishes I've come up with in, in only three days, but there. So it just really kind of depends on what I'm trying to do. Like, let's say, for example, the chicken tikka masala. That did take me probably about a month and a half to figure out because I actually was able to create a very similar flavor, but using 100% all Japanese ingredients. Mm. So different spice levels, different, you know, different, I would say, like the levels of how much to put curry, how much to put spices, onion, all those different things. So that that's also the fun part, you know, being a little scientist about it. Which dish took you two years to perfect? Uh, so it's on our current menu right now. Okay. I call it the Wagyu cigar. So it's pretty much a Wagyu tartare that, that, that literally looks like a cigar um, and with the, with the ash and everything. Wow. That is so cool. <laughs> Two years. And <laughs> so like uh, when you were when you were one year deep, you're like, OK, I, I finally have this. I think this is the day. And then you fast forward. You're like, OK, I'm still not here 18 months later. How frustrating is that? Oh, it's very frustrating because it's like I, I can't be just a chef. I'm an owner, I'm a manager, I'm the executive yeah. chef. So I have to run around, do all that stuff while I'm trying to plan out different menu stuff. And the the reason 
the name of the restaurant is called Shun is because it uh, means peak of season. So in Japan, everything's run off a of seasonal menu, so things rotate, fr vegetables, fruits, proteins, things like that. And there's been nothing like that in Houston, so I wanted to bring that experience to Houston. So every three months, we would actually rotate the menu. Oh, wow. So literally in four years, I probably created over 150 recipes. With everything you just mentioned, the time commitment to other aspects of the business, how do you keep drawing inspiration? Because that is fascinating. Honestly, I'm, I'm burnt out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, is that it's all the food that we grew up eating, right? Like, you know, like yesterday I went to eat Mexican food. The day before I went to Chinese food, Korean food, you know, Indian food, etc. But the best part about it is that Houston is actually one of the few cities that can actually accommodate all those different types of cuisine. And we've actually been voted the most diverse city in the world. Um, so like I can go literally eat different food, get different inspiration from Italian food and things like that to where I was like, I think I can make this better, or I think this can be converted to more of a Japanese flair. And that this, that's literally how it starts. That is so cool. So we recently had an episode where a local food blogger, Sean, the food sheep raved about your pear tart. And I mean, it, it was a beautiful explanation about what it is. And he said it was one of the top hidden desserts in the Houston area that everyone has to try. Tell me about this pear tart, please. So I'm actually the wrong person. So the person that actually handles our pastry is actually my wife also. So my wife oh, cool. is not just the face of the, or the face or the, you know, handling the payroll or, or the paperwork. She's actually runs the bar program. She runs the um, also the pastry division. So then that way I can kind of focus more on the sushi and the uh, also the kitchen division. So nice. that, that's why I'm like me and my wife make a really good team. And honestly, I couldn't create a show without her. No big fights yet either, right? Because oh, hey, working with your wife. So all I work time. like all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you have to learn to cope. Absolutely. So when you eat that dessert, you describe it for me, like what makes it so special, not from a creation standpoint, but from a consumer standpoint. So it's funny he mentioned the pear tart because that was honestly the reason I married my wife. Wow. Over, and because I met her over 12 years ago, I was in Chicago and I was training at a sushi restaurant and she was a waitress there. And I was like, hey, can you show me around town? And she took me to her parents' bakery. And that's when I had the pear tart the first time. And I was like, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> and it, it happened. And uh, so pretty much that that dessert particular is very important, very special. To me. That is beautiful. It's funny. I married my wife because of her pecan pie. So, hey, hey we're in the same shoe. <laughs> hey, there you go. The, the easiest way to get to somebody's heart is through their belly, right? That is very true. OK, I want to have a little fun with you now. So. I'm working on this concept in my head, right? Like, I love assimilation. I think it's awesome when being a, being a Pakistani immigrant, when somebody takes one of our dishes and puts their own spin to it. I think it's beautiful. But as a Japanese American with your background, trained in creating the best sushi out there, do you get annoyed when people throw hot Cheetos all over sushi? Like, I think that's one oh, yeah. of the most embarrassing things ever that we do here. So that's kind of where it ties into where I'm saying that, like, a lot of Japanese culture or food is kind of misinterpreted. Yeah. You know, like, when I worked in Japan, uh, they're like, hey, show us something that Americans eat. 
I start mixing tuna with mayonnaise and then like spicy stuff. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, no. you asked me to make something. So I'm telling you what we eat. They're like, you know, as I'm combining it together, they're like, I don't even want to eat that. <laughs> so, you know, it's a very different culture. You know, Japan's very simple where it's like, let's say you don't mix two different fishes in one item. Okay. So if it's tuna, you eat tuna. You know, even if it's a roll or if it's a piece of tuna, you don't mix tuna and salmon together to make one thing. That's a huge no-no in the sushi industry in Japan. Wow. So final thing for you. When people come over to y'all's house, right? You've got guests coming over. Is there added pressure because they know that, okay, one, they own one of the best restaurants in the city of Houston. You are trained. Your wife is making the best desserts. Is there added pressure when people come over that you have to deliver this awesome meal? No. I mean, I tell people right, right away, it's like, my house is not my restaurant. <laughs> like, I don't have all the same supplies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I try to, I'll, every time people come or anytime I cook at home, I, I, I always keep it very simple. You know, it's more like family style versus like restaurant style. That's awesome. Chef, thank you so much for joining us. So, so happy to hear about all your success and everything you're doing. Very excited to see what's next for you and Renee. And thank you once again for joining us. Thank you very much for your time. That was Chef Naoki Yoshida from Shun Japanese Kitchen. They're closing down on June 10th. So you better hurry up to try that amazing food. And of course, that life-changing pear tart. Okay, before we go, Tarjay fans, get ready because you're going to get more offerings from your favorite store as Target is building two massive distribution centers right here in H-Town. Experts believe this is going to speed up Target's same-day order pickups and expand their popular $5 to $10 section. The distribution centers are scheduled to open in 2024. So what's your favorite Target product? Let us know on Instagram by sending us a DM at CityCastHouston. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Rahil Ramsnali, and I hope you learned something new. What are you guys doing right now? Why are you putting uh, sriracha mayo and hot Cheetos all over this beautiful piece of fish? Like what is happening here? <laughs>